Hello, and welcome to this podcast summary of the meeting of the IAASB held in New York City the week of June 15, 2015. I'm Kathy Healy, Technical Director of the IAASB, and I'm joined by Professor Arnold Childer, Chairman of the Board, Chuck Landis, the Deputy Chair, and IAASB members Brendan Murtaugh and Megan Zietzman. Welcome, all. Arnold, could I ask you to start with an overview of this week's meeting? Sure, Kathy. Um, although uh, that's not so easy. I think in all fairness, it was one of our busiest meetings that we ever had with a large variety of topics. And I'm very pleased, therefore, I think that all discussions went very well and were very helpful for our future work. And maybe the first thing I might say on that is that we are clearly in what I would call a learning mode. We really would like to understand better about the issues that we are discussing and not jumping to conclusions, but first doing that. So um, more than in any other meeting, I think we had uh, external presentations. We had external guests for professional skepticism, for financial institutions, and also for integrated reporting. And it was uh, very well received and very informative. But overall, if I look to the topics on our agenda, um, on one hand, there are four key projects, uh, quality control, group audits, financial institutions, and professional skepticism. And soon, uh, Megan and Chuck will speak more to that. Um, on financial institutions, that's a bit of a special topic, of course. Um, and we noted a lot of outreach of our working group to speak with regulators, practitioners, and others to understand the issues on hand. And um, on one hand, this is focused on the financial institutions as such, in particular banks and insurance companies. But on the other hand, it has wider implications for several of our standards. So uh, that's interesting progress. In addition to these four key topics, um, we also had other issues. Um, we had an, an update meeting on developments in data analytics. That will come back to the agenda. Um, we had integrated reporting where we soon hope to publish a brief, uh, what we call awareness paper, showing where we are, and that we are listening very much on the developments at the uh, Integrated Reporting Council, and then preparing for further future work. But also, uh, we had approvals of two uh, standards, uh, sets of standards, uh, basically, and, uh, well, we will hear soon about that. Let me stop here, Cathy. Thank you, Arnold. Brendan, revisions to various international standards affected by the Ethics Board exposure draft addressing non-compliance with laws and regulations were approved this week. Can you please tell us what those revisions involve? Certainly, Cathy. Uh, the IAASB project on the implications of the IESBA project on responding to non-compliance or suspected non-compliance with laws and regulations, known as NOCLAR, was unanimously approved by the Board this week. The main driver for this project was the release of IESBA's recent re-exposure draft on NOCLAR, which included important changes regarding the auditor's duty of confidentiality. The IAASB recognised that providing stakeholders with the IAASB's assessment of the implications of its, on its, for its standards would enable them uh, to consider both the proposed changes to the IESBA code and the proposed changes to the IAASB standards at the same time. The project is not intended to be a fundamental revision uh, of the way the IAASB standards address NOCLAR, 
and therefore the proposed amendments are limited in nature and concern mostly ISA 250 on consideration of law and regulations in the audit of financial statements, with limited amendments to seven other standards. The exposure draft will be open for comment for a 90-day period beginning in July, and this will allow the IASB to provide the IESBA with an assessment of the feedback received on the ED before the IESBA proposals are finalised. The final changes to the IESBA standards will, of course, take into consideration any final changes made by the IESBA. Thank you, Brendan. At this meeting, the board also unanimously approved an exposure draft in relation to ISA 810, which deals with engagements to report on summary financial statements. While the nature of these engagements remains unchanged, the board found it necessary to develop certain limited conforming amendments in light of its work on its new and revised auditor reporting standards that were issued earlier this year. These changes will also be issued in July for a 90-day exposure period. At this meeting, the board also discussed the feedback from its exposure draft related to special purpose financial statements in ISA 800 and 805. The board's intent is to finalize these in September so that they too can become effective at the same time as the other auditor reporting standards. With that, if I can now turn to Megan um, to give us an update on the work the board's doing on the topics of quality control and group audits and the plans for consultation. Thanks, Kathy. I'd say for group audits and quality control, it's still relatively early days for both of these projects. Um, but the respective working groups have been very hard at work uh, exploring issues that are really of great importance and very relevant to the IWSB's strategic objectives. The discussions so far have definitely proven to us that what we're looking to do is to enhance audit quality in respect of the key topics. These, well, these key topics where regulators and auditors have flagged issues. And I think the discussions this week have really affirmed uh, that we have our hands on the right issues, but, the, but there's more work to be done. Uh, specifically with respect to quality control, um, the board had a preliminary discussion of a number of, of important topics, so that included looking at engagement quality control reviews, uh, discussing um, really how to apply ISQC1 um, by small and medium-sized pract medium practices, um, looking at the importance of a firm system of quality control in addressing the root cause of significant audit deficiencies that are identified by external inspections. Um, and we also talked a little bit about looking at the implications of really evolving and different audit delivery models, so including things that, that might be referred to as outsourcing um, and increased use of um, uh, shared service center type models. Um, the group also discussed some potential approaches to the project, um, including looking at the process to, um, to potentially modernize ISQC1, um, looking at the frameworks or maybe using an approach embedded in a framework um, in other quality and, and internal control frameworks. So a lot of really good discussion around, um, around those topics. Group audits, in a sense, builds on the principles that are established in the quality control standards, um, and really, in the, and that's particularly in relation to the direction, supervision, performance, and review of the group audit. Um, more specifically, the work that's done by component auditors who who may have to participate. So the importance of the group engagement partner understanding the entity under audit um, and also considering really how best to approach the audit, how to structure the team, how to get the work, the work done such that it's done of high quality and, and really supports the opinion on the group financial statements is really the forefront um, and, and really the key focus. Um, so this really affects looking at matters relating to, to planning, 
the determination of materiality, the scoping of the work both, both at the group as well as at the components, um, and then a very clear focus on the, the need for robust two-way communication between the group engagement team and, and the component auditors. Uh, the work that we've done so far on these topics has led the board to conclude that it's, it, it will be helpful to issue a discussion paper to, um, to, to constituents. And because of the degree of overlap and crossover between these important issues, the board's decided to do that on a combined basis so that the, the discussion paper will cover the common themes and the crossover issues between these projects. We'll also include... Um, to the extent applicable, questions related to uh, implications for audits of financial institutions, and it will be really founded on um, a focus on looking at ways to improve the um, ability of auditors to exercise professional skepticism. So, so that will be a, a key underpinning theme. The plan is to issue this paper after the board's December meeting, um, and then we'll tailor our 2016 outreach program um, to, to target and solicit appropriate feedback from a wide variety of stakeholders. Great. Thank you, Megan. Chuck, if I could turn to you a bit for a little bit more on professional skepticism and some other topics from this meeting. Thanks, Kathy. <clears throat> I'd actually like to um, start with talking a little bit about uh, an agreed-upon procedure discussion that we had at, at the board this week. I, I found it extremely interesting. Uh, the discussion was led by Ron Sololi, who's uh, from Canada, but it's very interesting as we listen to the discussion around the table to hear how many of these issues are really worldwide issues. And, and so it's, it's very encouraging as we look at uh, how we might respond uh, to these um, agreed-upon procedure issues. What we heard is that... <clears throat> Uh, that, that the AUP might not be um, uh, positioned correctly to meet certain market needs in certain parts of the world. And so I, I think this project will be very interesting to watch. I think it will also be very interesting for small and medium firms to follow this project very closely, as what we're starting to hear is that in many parts of the country, uh, there are what what we what we're calling hybrid engagements developing, where uh, a a professional accountant may be asked to perform, let's say, a review, but also perform agreed upon procedure engagements. And so, uh, I think this has extreme relevance to uh, our SMP groups. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch as this project moves forward and and how we make it market relevant, because I think that's uh, very, very important for the board to consider. Speaking of market relevance, uh, we heard a panel discussion uh, on integrated reporting. And there, too, it's, it's fascinating to listen to how integrated reporting is being viewed around the world in different parts of the country where uh, some parts are, are picking, up, picking this up uh, much faster than others. So we had a very interesting panel discussion, um, which talked both from the uh, uh, the prepare, the the investor, and the uh, the professional uh, who might be asked to provide assurance and what some of the very difficult implications are around assurance with respect to integrating uh, integrated reporting, and and lastly, uh, and again, just one of my 
personal uh, topics that I'd love to talk about was uh, professional skepticism. Uh, as we know, professional skepticism really cuts across the entire audit spectrum, and it really has so much to do with improving audit quality when auditors exercise the right professional skepticism in their work. And so we, we had a very interesting panel. Um, and and that panel really presented a lot of unique views on professional skepticism. It was very clear in listening to them that um, so much of professional skepticism really deals with behavioral aspects of the auditor. And, and that quickly points out that this is really a project that is broader than just setting auditing standards. And while uh, our working group is, is chaired by a member of the IAASB and, and other representatives, it also is including members from our ethics board and um, IFAC's International Accounting Educational uh, Accounting Standards Board because it clearly touches upon both our ethics, our objectivity, skepticism, and then training. So. It's, it's going to be fascinating, in my view, to kind of watch where this project goes and how it develops and uh, how we're able to use academic research as standard setters to learn more in terms of how we can encourage auditors to do the right thing, exercise the right level of skepticism, which will certainly then improve audit quality. Great, Chuck. You can see from the enthusiasm of my colleagues that it's certainly an exciting time for the IAASB. Arnold, over to you for any final remarks. Well, thanks, and I certainly agree to the enthusiasm and the passion that this board has for dealing with all these issues. In the end, it's about enhancing audit quality and, in other ways, uh, services that are relevant to public trust. Um, but I should add that, in addition to all of this, um, board members and advisors and staff have been also very active in outreaching in many parts of the world um, to engage with all kinds of stakeholders around the world and with a clear focus on the new audit reporting and uh, audit quality. And uh, it was very interesting to learn this week with an official communication from the South African standard setter Urba that South Africa now has officially adopted all the revised and new standards on audit reporting. They also noted that they found the support material on uh, our website uh, very helpful. And actually, Cathy, it's just four weeks ago that you and I and Dan Montgomery visited them. So our warm congratulations, but also encouragement to all over the world who are preparing for the adoption of the new and revised standards uh, to, to follow that. And wherever we can be of help, further contact, outreach, support material, etc., we certainly would like to do this. This is such a fascinating development, really in the public interest, that I thought I should add that as well. Thanks. Thank you, Arnold. The IAASB's next physical meeting will be held the week of September 21st in New York. The board may also hold a teleconference at the end of July, details of which will be made available on our website. At the September meeting, the board will continue its discussions on the topics of quality control, group audits, and special audit considerations of financial institutions, including a look at an initial analysis from the working group on views on the relationship between IFRS 9 and the IAASB's ISO 540 and other ICEs. 
We'll also continue our discussions related to the topics of agreed upon procedures and data analytics and integrated reporting, as well as an annual update from our innovation working group on other developments that may affect assurance standards. Finally, the IAASB's consultative advisory group will meet in New York on September 15th and 16th to discuss matters on the IAASB's agenda and more strategic priorities. This concludes the podcast summary of the IAASB's June 2015 meeting. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board's discussions are also available on our website. Thank you for listening. 